Right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Me, Myself and Hopefully You podcast. I'm your host, Tariq, a 19-year-old university student currently experiencing a midlife crisis as he has no idea what he wants to do with his life. So rather than see a career advisor or a therapist, I decided to start a podcast where I invite guests from an array of backgrounds to tell me their story. And whilst finding out about them, hopefully I can find out more about myself too. So if you can relate, or maybe you just want to see where I end up, join me every Sunday right here. Ladies and gentlemen, I fully expect that the vast majority of listeners probably already know who my guest is and uh, know that he needs no introduction. So without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, it is Mr. Robbie Knox. Where are you? I am in uh, student accommodation still. So today's my last day, yeah. Uh, oh, brilliant. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at university. So today's my last day of first year, which is um has been pretty rubbish to be honest because of covid i'm not gonna lie I know, what dreadful timing to go yeah. to uni it was, what, it was, what uni at? what's that sorry what university is it uh university of reading oh cool i've been yeah, to yeah. reading a few times i do Have I you? What, work there yeah yeah what do you think of it oh yeah i quite like it there's a there's a music pub that's good that i like going to i can't remember what it's called now purple turtle is that a place no well, i, I made so. that up all right I'm going to find out. We've, I, I, we barely had the chance to go to like things like pubs anyway, so it's been it's been a bit bit of a dead first year. I can tell you that uh, it's a nice area though. I do like Reading. It's just uh, yeah, first year university not being what uh, what everyone thought it was, but it did end up leading to me making this podcast. So I guess that's there you go. Purple the, turtle. It is purple turtle. I feel like I have heard of it when you yeah purple turtle. I don't know where that is though. It's in the centre somewhere. That's all I know. I don't, I don't know. I'm it's not, not important. Not yeah, no, I mean, I mean, whatever you say, I mean, what, whatever you want to talk about, we can talk. If you want to talk about Purple Turtle, we can talk about Purple I'm Turtle. I'm all right. I'm, I'm not got that's about all my knowledge of Purple Turtle. How would you rate it compared to the murderers? Uh, much, low, much below. Oh, okay. Much okay. The murderers. Yeah, murderers are yeah. nowhere near. Is there, is there anything that comes close to the murderers? Uh, Merlin's um, bar in Whistler in Canada, I love. It's in a ski resort. Oh, I, okay, okay. Also, that's probably better than the murderers in my book. But Oh, it's better than the murderers. It is, it's on the side of a ski resort, so it's, okay. quite, it's got better views than the murderers. I feel like that could be potential click, uh, well, a nice title right there. Well, yeah, good for it, yeah. Yeah, why yeah. not? Um, I mean, to be fair, I don't know nothing about YouTube. I just sort of did this podcast um, just I because I was bored and I wanted to meet some people. Well, actually, originally it was just to sort of have a chat about, or just rant about the government and life and how everything was shit. Um, and then, and then I decided to get people on and stuff like that. And yeah, it's now I've got Robbie Knox on, which is absolutely mental. I can't believe it. Um, we, we finally can. ended up getting through. I, I ran it straight from work. I was like, when I saw your email, it was right at the end of my shift, and I was like, shit. And so I ran it as quick as I could. Quickly hopped in the shower, came out, got everything sorted. So, Do you know what? I've, I've, it's, it's completely my fault because I, I thought I'd reply. I'd put it in my diary, and um, but then I looked. I wanted to say just to check everything's still all right. I thought I'd literally not replied to this. I've been all over the place. I've been all over it's the all place. Right. So, yeah. It's all right. Don't worry about that. Um, anyway, yeah. So um, I want to start off with just some uh, quick questions, uh, just to sort of start the podcast. I guess the first one is a bit of a random one. What's the last thing on your camera roll, Robbie? Oh, great question. Let me have a look. 
it is a picture of um, an email from my friend um, that's not actually from my friend because I think his email's been hacked or something. Oh, and okay. I sent him a picture saying, I think your email's been hacked, mate. Is it? Is it from a Somalian prince? It's not. It's just, his name's Stu Fay. Um, and all it says is Robbie, and then there's a link that I've not clicked on. Okay, and then good. Stu Fay in enormous, <laughs> enormous letters. Don't know what, I don't know what that's meant to mean, but okay. I don't know enough. what that is, but I'm sure it's a font. Yeah, I mean, at least it's not from uh, a Somalian prince, because those, those princes are meant to be quite dangerous as well. Yeah, um, I mean, busy, busy. Uh, yeah, ex- oh, yeah, I know, yeah, exactly. Um, next question is, who would you consider as a sort of role model in your life? If you could only pick one, who would it be? What is it? Someone that I know or someone that I... Anything you want. Or, or, Anyone, or, just... or oh, a role model. Who's a good role model? Have I got any role models? That's terrible. I should have thought... Hang on, I've got, I've got to come up with a better answer than that. Just talk about yourselves. Um... Talk about... This is the issue. It's a solo... It's a one-person podcast. So who am I going to... Yeah, I don't know, just, yeah. just freestyle. Um, hard, really. Um, I think there's one person, there's different people that I sort of um, respect different things about and pick up things from. But I don't, I don't think they've really got a role model. No. Okay. Well, fair. Well, well, I mean, if thing right. so I'm going to replace that question then. No, it's all right. Because I asked you a question on um, on one of your streams. Obviously, I know you stream football, a football manager, um, and I try and tune in as yep. much as possible. Um, uh, and uh, I think you, you missed it because you were getting quite a few at the time. And it's because what you've got in your background, and it's still there actually, where it says Martin equals flop, FIFA 20, and then happy birthday. Could you give us what, what, what's Martin equals flop? So um, on our football manager stream, um, we bought a player called, whose surname is Martin um, and uh, we paid a lot of money for him. I thought he was going to be good. And FIFA 23 Packs, who's one of the viewers of my Twitch stream, he um, said he was going to be a flop. So we wrote that on the board. And in the oh. first game, Martin's got like f- six goals or something. So that's just it was just to remind us that on that date, the 4th of May, he said that. So if he goes on to become the world's greatest player, we can mock him. If he becomes a disaster, we can... Um, not mocking. He's been he's been decent so far. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. I thought it was a reference to maybe the uh, the guinea pig from a happy hour podcast. I thought, why would you call the guinea pig? Oh, Martin sadly flop? not. No. Yeah. No. I was. That's what I was confused about. But okay. Fair enough. Uh, my it's probably quite question. floppy because it's oh, yeah. a lot of weight. Well, exactly because yeah. it's just it's it's front to back, isn't it? Um, <laughs> mental. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I still can't believe that um, Max Fosh ended up taking it to the actual assembly um, where you probably. I, I wonder. I don't know if anyone asked him anything about it. Um, but it was annoying because they didn't zoom in. Like I thought they'd he's on BBC in interviews and... with it. Oh, has he? Oh, I've not seen it. He was doing interviews and he's still being interviewed with the Martin scarf. I mean, I can literally see on my desktop the um, next to your head. I can see the um, artwork when I designed the Martin scarf. So Brilliant. yes, is that your um, yeah? No, it's it's uh, yes, easily, yeah. easily, easily. I mean, fair enough. You've got a few achievements, and hopefully, we'll get into that later on. Um, so, I mean, to say that the Martin scarf, uh, a scarf of just guinea pigs, front to back, on a scarf, in, in, in a BBC interview, that is pretty mental. Um, my final quick five question to yeah. you is, if um, uh, there was a house fire and everyone made it out alive, um, yep. any pets made it yep. out alive, um, 
but you could only save one thing and you've got your phone and your laptop your phone and your laptop are safe what would what would be the other thing okay is my hard drive work hard drive included in the laptop yeah yeah what's safe yeah, okay, yeah, that comes yeah. with the laptop. Okay, good, because that's got off. That'd be a hassle. We'll have to get back. Um, although, having said that, I do have a pretty good off-site backup system. So, um, I, I'd say one thing. I don't know. Probably something. Photos or something. Yeah. There's a box of photos up in the loft. I'll just go and grab that sort of thing, even though they're sat in the loft. But there's things that aren't digitised that probably quite like of, of my youth and so that probably just photos no possession wise i mean i've got insurance nothing's that important so yeah just photos yeah a lot of people do give the answer of photos and i'm thinking of, of taking that one out of the equation just to make it a bit because everyone was saying laptop first and i thought all right i'm going to allow you to save yeah. your laptop that's already a guarantee so i might actually include photos as well just because everyone says okay take take photos out that's fine okay um one thing i can keep then i've got a football shirt that I need to get framed at some point, but I've been asked a football shirt of when I played the first ever public game at Wembley Stadium. So I will, I'll take that. Whoa, you played at the first ever public game. So um, when when you open up a stadium, not the original one, the new Wembley Stadium, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> but when, when you open up a stadium, it turns out you can't just open up a stadium and have the FA Cup final in it. It's not allowed. You have to have ramp up events to, to test it at different capacities. Oh, okay. So this is the first time they opened Wembley Stadium to the public. They had 20,000 tickets they gave away to people in the local community. We had a soccer AM team where I used to work and a couple of other teams. We played a three-way tournament and we won. So I'm the first goalkeeper to win a trophy at the new Wembley Stadium. Wow. That is... See, yes. this is what I mean. Yes. You honestly... I honestly admire you, Robbie, so much because you've got so many of these amazing stories. And that's what I want from like my life. I, more than anything, more than a load of money, more than whatever, I want a load of stories to be able to tell. And I feel like I think that's the meaning of life. What's that? Sorry? I, I, I say I think I think the meaning of life is having stories. And if you can sit in the pub and, and you're having a conversation, you've got some good stories. I think that's the purpose. And it's easy to get stories. I mean, you won't necessarily play football at Wembley. That was just like because of my job sort of thing. But if you do stuff, you get loads of stories. Like I went, I went on a trip from with friends in 2005 we went on a road trip me and two other friends we went from boston to new orleans and we have so many stories from that three weeks just because you're just doing something so you yeah just, you just do things you get stories what's the best thing that you did over there from boston to new orleans what's the best thing best um uh, best thing to do, best story wise we went into a hurricane because we didn't really like i know hurricanes are bad and you shouldn't go in hurricanes, right? But we looked, we knew there was a hurricane coming, but we were driving in between places and we looked at it. And we were like, okay, the hurricane's there. But there's like the edge of the hurricane. And we were going, we would drive right through the edge of the hurricane. So there's a like hundred miles from the middle of the hurricane. We're going yeah. to go through the edge. But what I didn't realize is the edge of the hurricane is still a hurricane. Right? <laughs> so it's pretty bad. And I don't think there's much difference between being fairly close to the middle of the hurricane and being a hundred miles of the hurricane, it's still a hurricane. And we were, and it, it was me, my friend Speedo, my friend Sally, and we were driving through and Sal was in the back and it quickly got bad. Like it was more, you could see it was more than just wind. Right. And like, you know, in a, the reason, the point, where we, the point where Sally started crying was when, you know, when in a film where electric wires blow down and hit yeah, yeah, yeah. and sparks fly up, that happened like a hundred meters in front of our car. 
and we're like, yeah, this is getting pretty bad. And we're driving on, but all the hotels were full of emergency services that had come from out of state to prepare for clear up after the hurricane. Like, so we couldn't get in hotels, so we're driving along. It was getting really bad. And at one point we were going, we went, we went to a place like Wilmington or something like that. We said, um, okay, yeah, um, we listen, no, no, sorry, no, sorry, we won't go through the place. We, we listened to the radio and they said on the radio, they were going, yeah, um, if you're driving along now, um, so, so they said, they said, if you're in Wilmington, um, get undercover because it's pretty, um, it's getting really serious. This, if you haven't got anywhere to go, you can get into the sports center. There is open for everyone like that. And we're going, well, at least it's, at least it's not that bad. We're not, at least we're not there. And then like a mile down the road, it went, you're entering Wilmington. We're like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> so we just kept, we kept going. And eventually we went to this, we found this hotel and it looked a bit murdery. This like little, little dry, like, you call it Mo, um yeah motel type thing so we went there and we had um i went to reception you've got a room she goes we've got one room it's a smoking room you might want to have a look at it so me and sal speedo stayed in the car me and sally went in sally bear eyes she'd been crying in the back seat i was thinking we we're gonna die we went into this hotel and this room was so horrific we just looked at it and we just looked back at each other and she just went we're going back into the hurricane aren't we <laughs> went, yeah yeah so we went back in the car went back into the hurricane <laughs> And eventually we found a holiday in that we went went into again. Don't get much it costs. And we just sat in the pool. We had a gl- glass like ceiling above the pool. We just sat in the pool watching the hurricane thing. And, and woke up in the morning, it got away. What yeah. were you doing going near the hurricane? Why didn't you just stay where we you didn't were? think we didn't think it was gonna be that bad. The edge of the hurricane would be that bad. Like if there's something bad going on, then the edge of it probably isn't that bad was our theory like we're like right, okay. we're a hundred like the middle of the hurricane i'm not gonna drive through the middle of the hurricane but that's 100 miles away and we're right on the edge if you've got the, the little blue bit on the weather thing that comes out we're like just in that little bit at the edge of it still a hurricane though it turns out so yeah i mean i wouldn't recommend driving through a hurricane for life tip don't drive through or 100 miles near a hurricane yeah 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 <laughs> anywhere that says hurricane just don't drive. I mean, yeah. I feel like you should have probably known that when they were getting in all the emergency services and probably gone, you know what? Probably not a yeah. smart idea to drive. Yeah, but we didn't know that until we tried to get into hotels. Oh, okay. And we thought we were kind of going to be all, all right. Did, can you see the logic, though? That, like, I'll be honest, the I edge... <laughs> No, okay. I, yeah, no, fair enough. But I was, <laughs> I, we were thinking, if we're not in the middle, the edge of it will be like the hurricane, but not as bad. It'll be a bit windy. We yeah. thought, but no, it's just a, a bit windy. Yeah. yeah, you're saying it as if it was like, yeah, it'll be a bit windy. Yeah. Like, we like didn't. We didn't think fire would be coming off the road <laughs> in front of us. Yeah. That was electricity fire. Yeah. So okay, yeah, no. live and I, learn. I mean, I guess yeah, and I guess your whole life has been sort of about living and learning. Yeah. I, but I but the whole guess... thing, the, the other thing is sorry, one, one more thing. The other thing on that on that trip, to give an example, we went to. We were just staying a lot of the time. We didn't tend to book anywhere to stay in advance generally. We just sort of go and end up somewhere. And like things like we were driving past Philadelphia, just stopped at service at nine in the morning. We saw a newspaper, it said at the front page, uh, Live 8 here today at Philadelphia, no ticket required. So we're going, oh, I might as well get a Live 8 if we're driving past. So things like that kept happening. But one night, we we're on a Saturday night and we were in this, um, we stopped off. It was basically like a sort of service station, but it wasn't like a service station here. There were, like loads of different hotels around. So like six different, so it was off the interstate and there were loads of different hotels, like five five different hotels or something. And we were staying in one and, and Sal was a bit tired. So she went to bed and me and Speedo went, well, we're going to try and find somewhere to 
have a drink. So we went down to our hotel bar and it was really depressing, like one lone bloke at the bar just drinking whiskey in this brightly lit hotel yeah. bar. So like, oh no. So then let's try the others. So we walked around the others and see if any of them were any good. And they didn't seem very good, but there's one, it looked like there was a wedding reception going on in it. So it's like this sort of nightclub bar thing. It's called <coughs> it's called the Diamond Nightclub in the place called Aberdeen. Um and we went in and um, and we thought, I'm not sure if we're allowed to be in here because I didn't know if it was a wedding reception. It turned out it was just a bar that had a wedding going on in the vill- in the in the in same the place. So they so, the, so not the wedding, the reception <laughs> comes. So they're having a party, they just come along to this place, but everyone else could go in. So we went in. So um I went and got some drinks from the bar. Um and we had, had a drink. We still weren't sure if we were supposed to be there. So then friend Jim went out my round, I go to the bar. So he went over. As you know, no, he went first. He went first to the bar. Got some drinks, came back, and and I said, "Were they, were they all right with us being here?" He went, "Yeah, no, they're fine." I said, "Were well, the drinks expensive?" He went, "No, actually, he goes, I went to the went to the um, the guy who served me, recognized my accent because we weren't in a touristy area; we we're just in sort of general America." He said, "I recognized my accent, and he loves rugby, so he said we can have these for free." I was going to ask you guys. So I went back. For the next drink, I think again we still weren't sure we were supposed to be there, so we still think we might get kicked out at any point. Um, so I went up to get some drinks, and um, someone else, some woman, served me, and and um, I said, "I can have two beers, please." And, and she went, "Yeah, that'd be that'd be seven seven dollars or whatever, eight dollars." And this guy went, "Wow, wow, wow, no, no!" And the bar was like in the middle of the place, so there was yeah. there was it was a circular bar or something like that. That and this guy goes, "Hey guys, guys, gather round, gather round." And got like all the bar stuff worked. I guess you see these two guys here. And this is like a packed sort of nightclub bar type thing. I guess see these two guys, they're from the UK. I love the UK, I love rugby because these two guys they drink free now. Okay, you got that? They drink free. We're like, what is going on? And it was like some kind of bar in like an American like frat house film yeah, or yeah. something like Sounds that. Like there was like, it, yeah. at one point they had like they just rang this bell, goes, shooters, and everyone in the bar goes, Yeah, went over and they were like. They'd lined up like 150 shots of the drink. And everyone in the bar just went and had a shot and carried on. We're like, this is weird. This is mental. Brilliant. Um, another point, they like rang a bell again, like, um, super soaker fight. And they're pulling out these water pistols. They're like, like some girls in wet t-shirts. It was like a, it was like a sort of film yeah, from, from, like from an like, American film. Yeah, American yeah, yeah. 90s high school bar films or, or, or university bar film thing. But it was like that. It was basically at the end of the night, they're going, hey, everyone get out, go, you guys stay, get some t-shirts, come back tomorrow. We're gonna have a barbecue. Um, we have barbecue, come here, you guys eat, drink for free all day. We're going, yeah, we're definitely gonna do that. Welcome in the morning. We went, I'm not spending another day at a service station. <laughs> it was lovely, <laughs> but we should go. We should definitely yeah. go. Um, so yeah, so but just things like that just happen all the time when you just do stuff. And, yeah. I know, but it's so crazy because I just, I, I just, I don't know what it is. And I feel like a lot of people who watch you um, and the same with Blue Van Man as well, right? There's this sort of, like for so long on, on YouTube and other like sort of platforms, you had these like influencers coming on, like people who wanted just to be famous, I guess. Um, and they were, you know, exciting and fun or whatever, or they took different routes, like as in they, they were social commentators or whatever you want to call them. And then, I, now I think you've got this proper. I, I don't know if you've heard of that rate my takeaway guy. Uh, I've heard of it. I've not seen any stuff. Yeah, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got like nearly three hundred thousand subscribers now, um, uh, and he just goes around rate like rating takeaways. Quite obviously, I mean, you can tell by the name. Um, yeah. He just goes around rating takeaways, and so there's like you, Blue Dave, uh, and the rate my takeaway. I don't even know what his name is to be honest. And is there's he British? Sort of, 
Yeah, yeah, he's British. Yeah, he just goes around like all over um, the UK. Just you go all the way to like Wales just to have a takeaway. It's amazing, and he's he's he, uh, and he's just got such a strong accent, and it's like it's so it's so genuine compared to so many years of almost like fake YouTube, right? Because we've you've got these three, like all three of you. I'll use you three as an example of just genuine people who've got genuine stories to tell, um, and I think there's a huge appeal to that. Because someone, I think Dave in one of his videos said, uh, I don't know why people watch me. And I replied back. I said, the reason why people watch you is because you've got this sort of genuine, uh, you, you're, you're a genuine person and young people like me want to watch that because it's different and it's not the same old, you know, social commentating or trying to get famous or clickbait titles. It's just, here's me, like it or go do one. And it's yeah. amazing. I think, I mean, my take on it is that am I thinking, I don't know how accurate it is, but I, I grew up without the internet. I, when I went to university, they gave us access to the internet. There's a computer room you could go to and you could get an email address. You could use the internet. And it was really, so it was 95. I went there. So it was really the early days of, of the internet, but in my head, I didn't really, I just sort of thought, Oh, you get given the internet when you go to uni. I didn't know. It was like, Knew, I knew, knew, yeah. I knew roughly about it, but it was like that. So, so I didn't really have the societal pressures of social media that I think people have growing up now, or Instagram and all this. So, I think there's a there's a pressure, whether real or imagined, for people to make their life seem better than it is. Like, like, um, so, but but the reality is, everyone has to put the bins out unless you've got a butler who does it for you or something like that. everyone has to go to Sainsbury's or somewhere or, or whatever to buy things everyone has to do the same sort of mundane stuff a lot of the time and so I think I've been quite conscious to try and I think if anything I make my life less interesting than it's going to do some quite interesting things like that make good happy hour and things yeah. like that like, yeah yeah but whereas I think a lot of the time I think just being honest and go this this is like I do genuinely I'm not going, oh, my God, I can't believe it's bin day. That's amazing. But I genuinely, it's quite nice when you get out in the morning and it's birds singing and there's, like, it's, like, early, nice, nice fresh air and all that. It does, it does feel quite nice. Oh, it's nice to be outside this time, sort of thing like that. So there's a, you can sort of appreciate those things. But I think there is a pressure to, for people to, to Instagram up their mm. lives to some degree, even whether it's putting on a filter or, or, or extreme cases, there's, like, that place in America where you can hire out inside of a private jet to take photos and pretend you're a private jet wow. and stuff like yeah. that. So there's stuff like that. But um so yeah I think that's that's probably the the sort of appeal to that I'd say is that it, it is real ish. Yeah. And I think I think I think in many ways I've picked the hardest way to grow on YouTube in that I will do a video about skiing. So people won't go, oh, I like skiing. I'll watch this. And then there's a video of me taking the bin out. So they're going to go, unsubscribe, sort of thing like that. But what I think it does mean is that the people that do get into it have a stronger connection with you than if it was just, I'm watching this because I like beer or skiing or gardening or whatever like that, because mm. they're getting into you as a person or you as as the type of content you create. So we, I did like... Um, uh, on Wednesday, it was the launch. I've been making a beer with Do Doc's Beers in Grimsby, a style of a brewery. And we went up to, we had a live event there. And it's a podcast that um, Lloyd Griffith and I did during lockdown called Cooped Up. And all it was, was literally us 
talk about what we'd done during lockdown. In the early days, it's like, oh, I had a delivery today. And that was like the most exciting thing that's happened. Yeah. You didn't go to your house for weeks. Remember what it was like yeah. the first lockdown? Crazy, it was like yeah. properly, everyone was scared to go anywhere. And um, so we so we did that. We did a, like a live version of that at Doc's. Um, and so like 90 tickets. But the people there had, some bloke had travelled from Bath on his own. He'd driven for four hours to go and see this. Have a t-shirt on, and then was doing four hours back on his own that night, like that. And I was going, "That's mental." He goes, "I want to come along," sort of thing. So you get that connection with people who then really buy into what yeah. you're doing. And I think, I think, I think it gives you a strong connection when you've got that honesty and and that sort of side of things. Yeah, it's like it's like with with I was talking to Jack and um uh the other day who I do Jack, uh, Jack May who I do Happy Hour with, and we're always uh, mentioned before this. We're always talking about the murderers. Um, on this, and I was saying to him, it was, it's funny that, um, like, so a lot of people in the public eye spend all their time going, like, trying to keep things secret, or I don't want to know roughly where I live, or try and keep this in there. And we're going, like, um, we're at this pub every, pretty yeah. much every, or Jack's at the pub pretty much every time there's football on, sort of thing, and we're here all the time. They said, um, he was saying that the other day, someone came up to me and goes, Wow, I just came into the murderers on the off chance. Him. I don't think you'd actually be here. Yeah, no, we are quite a lot. Yeah, so if you ever want to meet any all three of you, well, yeah, you're going to be in the murderers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I live in Kent at the minute, so I'm not there as often. But if I'm in Norwich, I'm, you can better be going to the murderers for at least one pint. Um, but Jack, Jack, and Stevie and Alfie are in there at least once a week. I'd say. So it's 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 not that hard to, to find them. So I think if you do want to go talk to them, it's no longer um, a big thing. Just meet them. It's like, oh, it's just Jack and Stevie and Alfie at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I, like, I find it really funny that they're quite openly just going, we're always in this pub. It's, yeah. I know it's the specific one. It's like most people would go, oh, you know, that bar, there's a specific yeah. bar next to us that we go to. It's like, no, yeah. we're just going to say the name. We're going to say where we're from, everything. You might as well just give away where you're living right now. At this yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 but it's fine. I mean, it's not at the level where it's going to be a problem. Do you know what I mean? No one knows that fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned sort of uh, a few minutes ago about, uh, uh, about how you grew up in a time where you didn't have access to the internet. And every, every sort of podcast I watch um, that you're on, they, they always start off with, soccer am right and i mean i'll be honest i'm 19 years old so i never actually watched soccer am but i i've only so i only know the sort of stuff that you've spoke about like i know who tim lovejoy is even though i've never watched it i have no idea who he is i've only known him because i've heard you talk about him so many times everyone starts from there but i want to start before that right i want to talk mm. so I'm, you grew up in the 70s am i right I was born in the 70s, but I was, yeah. I was born in 1977, so I don't really remember oh, okay. the 70s, but so right. 80s, yeah. 80s, right, okay. So I want to start from there. What was sort of a, a young Robbie Knox in the 80s like? And what was it like living in the 80s? Uh, it was quite, it was different. Like, so I'm, I'm at the tail end of Generation X, Gen X, whatever. And I think what they say about that, they call, often called latchkey kids, because it was the sort of generation, it was the first real generation where women had worked on the large scale, the, the, the mums had worked sort of things. And before that, it was like the man would go out and work and the woman would stay at home and make the house nice and stuff. Make so the house nice. there wasn't really, the house nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there wasn't really the sort of structure that there was. So I would like during the summer holidays, when I was like, not when I was like really young, but in the summer holidays, if I, I mean, my mom was a teacher, so it was slightly, um, 
it was like she had similar sort of holidays, but there were times where she'd be working I'd be off, and they would literally would just get put out of the house at nine in the morning and like come back after work. You just go, okay, just go roam the streets for a day, sort of thing like that. So there was a lot of that. It was a lot. And people would always go, oh, your kids aren't allowed out anymore, sort of thing. Go, but I mean, I don't think it's no more dangerous now. You look at the stats now, sort of thing. We would mm. just go out and, and do stuff. So there was a lot more sort of outside stuff and a lot more playing and 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 i guess being left to your own devices i mean there were sort of it were, it were obviously dangerous things around something but it was a lot it was a very there was a lot more just do what you like go out and and get to adventures come back at when it gets dark sort of stuff and and yeah and occasionally you'd be down you'd be playing football and then someone's mum would come and shout at them because they're two hours late for for dinner and stuff yeah, yeah. like that yeah yeah. It, it's so weird that because like I mean you talk about how in the 80s you'd just be roaming around the streets or whatever and even me like I'm 19 years old when I was younger we I weren't allowed to roam around the streets but we were allowed to roam around our garden and like other gardens nearby so it was like it slowly became less and less and when I look at my little brother and sisters and you know just younger kids now they're like you'll never see like kids just roaming around outside and you you spoke about sort of how statistically it is pretty much the same so what what do you think shifted and what happened that basically meant that you went from kids being allowed to just go wherever they want and make sure that they come back before dinner to now you're only allowed to go, you're barely going outside because you're in your tablet all the time i think people are really bad at analyzing the actual truth and what things what and data and stuff and, and knowing what what the reality is and i think people get scared because they hear stories about pedophiles or whatever which obviously do exist sort of thing yeah. but but I mean, if you if you're thinking of uh, kids dying, the the I think I'm think I'm right in saying the biggest thing that kills kids is car journeys, sort of these car crashes, I believe. Um, and, and so, I mean, I I intend. I mean, we'll see what happens. My daughter's my oldest is my daughter who's ten now, and I think lift. I mean, I'm on a quite busy road, but I'd be quite happy on a less busy road for her to. And we're talking about moving anyway, so I think when we move house. Um, I think I'd happily let her just go out and wander around to a friend's house or go and play fairly close by, certainly in a couple of years. I think when she was like 12, I think I'd be completely content with her doing that. And I wonder whether there will be a resurgence now of people who grew up in those times, but then I don't know, because then, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, th I think it's good for kids to have that sort of freedom and go out and, and do stuff as long as you sort of give them the sort of toolkit and, and tell them how to, stay safe and mm. and be sensible about it so I, I don't i don't know why it's gone i think people just get a bit scared and aren't necessarily looking at the facts they're looking at a general sort of feeling which is understandable but the world is a, it's there's less crime now than there was i believe in the 80s i think so i think i think it's probably a safer place in theory yeah i mean even when it, myself lies in i was quite I mean, I always had a strict schedule in terms of what I was doing every single day. So I would go to school, come back, and then I had Islamic studies straight after that, which would last hours. Um, and so I never really had time to go out with my friends after school or go to their house. Like I, I, to this day, I still haven't actually gone to a friend's house before. And I'm 19 right. years old, which is like crazy for like other people. They're like, what? You've never gone to a friend's house before? I'm like, no, I've never actually gone to a friend's house because I've never, I never had the sort of time to do it when I was younger. And like now it's like, I don't know it's just a bit weird to go to a friend's house now i guess obviously because of covid you can't but like at 17 i can't I, I can't go oh shall i come to your shall i come for a sleepover like it's just a bit weird so yeah. i've never actually done it but not like even during the day you've never been to no 
So you've never been to anyone else's house? I'll meet. No, I've been to I've been to like my cousin's house. Yeah. I've been to someone else. I've been to other people's yeah. house. Yeah. It's not. I've just only ever been. <laughs> you've only ever house. seen one house. Go yeah. on. I, have, I know what other houses look like. Yeah. But I've never been to a friend's house or stayed there and watched like a game of football or something like that, which is crazy. That is crazy. And like, and it's crazy. Even for me, it's crazy because I'm like, how have I never gone to? And I've got close friends as well, and I've never seen the inside of the house. But do you want to? Do you want to? By now, are you like, I'm not sure. But now it just feels obviously because of COVID. It's it's like I don't even know if you're legally allowed to do it right now. I don't know what the rules are to be honest. Um, You can, yeah. I think um, I am. Imagine if houses. Imagine if your house was completely different to everyone else's. Something you thought was normal was completely. Oh yeah, I know it would be pretty crazy. Well, I mean, one of the things that I. it's, it's funny that you say that. So my family is quite like traditional. And one of the things that we have, are, I mean, I think people had it back in like, you know, when, when you were probably younger, they probably had it is um, what are they called? Like, um, like cabinets, like really big cabinets with like um, China pieces or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, and you'd only yeah. get them out on special occasions. Yeah. And apparently that's like not even a thing in English households now. Like as in no one I, actually has them. Yeah. Every not, house not, you don't see it much. Used to when I was younger. Yeah. Every house that I've been, like, as in my house and all of my cousins' houses, because we're all traditional, they've all got one. So when I found out that that wasn't a normal thing, I was like, what? So you don't have special cups and teas sets and whatever for, like, special guests? And they're like, no, what are you on about, Charlie? I'm like, whoa, this is mental. Like, we, do have, we do have nice plates. We've got, like, yeah, some yeah, nice yeah. plates we'd bring out if someone came around for dinner, potentially. Um that's about like matching plates <laughs> not like well, that fancy we've got a yeah. like, huge cupboard like a massive cupboard with like a glass window that everyone can yeah. see and it's just there and i thought it was just completely normal but apparently yeah. it's not um, yeah it certainly used to be i wouldn't mm. see that and go whoa what is this sort of thing but yeah you don't see it as much as you as you used to i think that's interesting but yeah i think um yeah where we go to someone's house just just, mm. just just do it i think um yeah yeah, but oh, I, th- yeah. I, th- I think I think going about because I used to, we used to spend all the time. Like, I remember we used to go around this round be around this house all the time. Our friends would like just come and like stay for like a few days. Just my mum would find up there, mum or something. Go, Gavin wants to stay for a couple of days or for a bit, and then eventually like a few days ago, yeah, Gavin needs to come home today. We'd go, okay, Gavin, you got to go home now, sort of thing. And it was like it was like that sort of free form. I'd I'd love my kids to have that sort of thing because I'd love having kids around i like the happiness and the fun and the playing and all that sort of thing so i think i'd like to have one of those houses where kids can just wander in and hang out so you just want kids to come to your house probably yeah my, my kids and their friends not in a yeah. weird way um yeah just <laughs> i just like just just like it's, i just like seeing kids having fun they're brilliant yeah. and it's just and it's that... a nice friendly place it's just so quiet when there's not even if one kid like otto is seven he had a sleepover around a friend's house the other day and even though just one kid less again god it's so quiet without him what's going on sort of thing yeah so yeah, yeah no I like I, it. it is weird it gives you that sort of wholesome feeling when there are kids like around yeah. like when i have my little cousins like when when that when like you know that they're there um and the day that they go it's like whoa it's so like empty and weird and it's just not it's not right yeah. you know, almost it's like yeah i completely agree with you there um i forgot what i was gonna ask you now um well i was gonna sort of carry on from with the with the sort of hmm. uh, when you were younger uh, conversation yeah. um like in terms of uh when, what was sort of like i said what was 
sort of little Robin Ox like growing up. Like so, obviously, when you were younger, you were exploring places, as in you know you just wandering around, and then you'd come home for dinner. But sort of slowly growing up, maybe when you're hitting like twelve, thirteen, yeah. or whatever. I wasn't particularly confident. I don't think. Um, I went to an all boys school, which I don't think made me a legend. Um, I don't think I'd send my kids to a single sex school. I don't yeah. think it necessarily helped when you get to being an adult and you're talking to girls and stuff like that. You're like, oh my god, you're a girl. It's like yeah. me with houses. Um, so I think I don't know. I think I, I think I when I went to uni, I think I became me because you get sort of like a to start start again, but be more yourself or all the person you want to be rather than sort of who you've been trained to be at school. Mm. Something you get more freedom. So I think when I went to uni, I think that was that was when I was became sort of me, I guess, sort of thing. But for school, I had nothing particularly eventful, just fairly did a bit of work. It was never yeah. like, top of the class, was always always all right, though. What sort of student um, were you? Quite quiet. Um, I did I did the work. I generally did okay. Um, as I say, never really sort of generally top, but did the stuff and and carried on as did all right mm. so yeah all right you you're you're a big advocate for like uh university aren't you because you say that university proper i mean you've mentioned it several times and, and you yeah. really enjoyed it and stuff like that i am for me i think the difference is that when i went to university it was free as in there was no tuition fees yeah. at all and um, in fact, because we had a lower income in the first year, certainly I remember getting a grant. So we got some paid Mad. to go to uni, um, which is kind of think how I think it should be. And I think it's a bit harsh now that all these, all the politicians that have benefited from having a free education now are charging people to go to uni. And I think um, what you've got now, the way, and even when it started tuition fees, they were at low, or student loans, they were at low rate. And now what essentially it is, is it's a graduate tax. Yeah. Because most people don't ever pay off their thing. It's a graduate tax, you pay till you're 55 or whatever age it is. Um, 30 years afterwards, yeah. 30 years, yeah. Okay, so, so for most people, I guess, 50, 51 or so. But, um, but it's also a graduate tax that if your parents are wealthy, you can buy yourself out of. Because if you can pay your things mm. like it's very hard to pay off a debt that's sort of six percent or whatever it is that they that the student loans thing are something sort of so in theory people can be on quite a decent salary and pay carry on paying that percentage for the whole thing but if you've got wealthy parents you can pay the student your, your fees at the time mm. then you buy yourself out of a tax which i don't particularly agree with um but so with that in mind i i think it's no longer a i'd recommend everyone to go to uni thing because it's something that will financially impact you for 30 years. And you sort of, I'd sort of think what, what is it you want to do? There's certain things. If you think you'll benefit from going to uni in the studying aspect, or well, if you're just going like I did, I guess, to have an experience of uni, because I wasn't, I, and, and to be fair, I got lots of benefits in that I met lots of people that got me work in the future from, from university, from doing student radio and stuff. But I think if, if it's just a growing up thing, you could take, half the money that you would spend on a course and you could go traveling for a, yeah. for a year and have a similar experience. I mean, you live for a very long time in, in Thailand or Vietnam or somewhere like that on, on not that much money. Hmm. Um, and I'd argue, have a, do a similar amount of growing up or life experience as you would at uni, if, if albeit slightly different. 
So I don't know. I don't think it's as as certain a thing as it once was. I mean, I, I, had, I don't get me wrong. I think going to uni is brilliant. I have a great time, but I think there's it's a more complicated decision than it was for me. Yeah, no, I, I I I definitely agree with what you're saying there. Even as a sort of student myself, like um, especially this year, it's just made me think. You know, it's, it's nine grand a year is a lot of money, and that's just the tuition fee. There's also the maintenance loan as well, which is at the at the minimum four grand, and it's up to like I think the maximum you can get is nine grand as well. So you're potentially paying eighteen grand a year every single year, um, which is just crazy amount of money. You don't even end up paying back, but they are apparently considering increasing the amount of time that you've got to pay back for and increasing the percentage that you pay back. So right now it's 9% of anything you earn over like 20 something grand. They're thinking about increasing that percentage and making it to like 35 years or so that you've got to pay back, um, which is great. Students getting done over again in a pandemic. Love to see it's it. Not, it's, it's not great. And I don't, I don't like it I don't like it at all. I think, it's, mm. I think it's really, really unfair. I do think education should be free i think the country benefits from having um an educated population and i think um yeah i i i, I don't like the fact that as i say you can buy it yourself I, I think what it is essentially is they wanted to bring in a graduate tax but didn't want the political implications yeah. of that and, and that it would be badly received adding a tax to people so they've done it on the sly, I would argue. I mean, you say they've done it. On the, it went from three grand all of a sudden to nine grand. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. How can it do that? How, yeah, but, yeah, but also more the interest. Like in the early days of student loan, it was a low interest rate. I was paying mm. like, I think, 2% on the money because I, I did take a maintenance loan. I didn't have to pay for tuition fees. I did take a loan there, but it was a low, low level. Whereas now it's a dreadful loan deal. I mean, you can get loan like i imagine you could probably get a loan for like two three percent or something mm. if you were taking out an actual loan but because it's this tuition thing and they're charging outrageous interest rate on it because it's essentially they don't intend you to ever pay it back well yeah exactly i, I think that uh, it's weird because um, i mean i've never done the calculations on w- would it be better if your parents took out that loan and then basically gave you the money to pay for it whether that would be a smart idea because because then but then you wouldn't get the whole you only pay nine percent of anything you earn over 20 something grand you'd have to start paying it back from a certain time i don't know i'm not too sure yeah, so it's sort of a gamble is it if 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 you've got the money if you've got the money to do it then yeah i think you certainly in the long run if, if you're going into a career that's you're expecting to earn earn yeah money and i mean you can never tell can you sort of thing but if you're if you were doing it and and then yeah it is but i mean the other option is apprenticeships isn't there a lot of, there are apprenticeships that pay that will pay for your university now that people can do which is the sort of you get the university life you're also working earning a bit of money at the time and you're not saddled with that debt as well so i think that's another option for youngsters yeah. i've always said I, I even even whilst i'm at uni and before i came i said if i ever found an apprenticeship i really wanted to do mm. i'll pick that over over uni any day of the week just because you're earning money and you get a qualification at the end of it um and it's potentially you know a, a very good skill to have as well and it's work experience it's like the best yeah. of everything you can get um so it's a lot to expect people to know what they want to do at 18 as well and yeah. to make these you're making decisions in, when you're 18 in some cases before you're 18 if you're if you're planning this you're making a decision about that will affect that will put you in debt essentially for 30 years or 30 years after you finish or something like that. So 33 years probably sort of thing. In some cases when you're 17, it's 
it's it's quite, it's quite a lot a lot and to expect of people and and I did I had no idea what I wanted to do when I started uni no idea what did you actually study at uni economics because oh, okay. I was because I did it uh, I did I was quite good at school I was quite interested in it but I had no point was I thinking I want to work in a bank or I want to be an economist yeah yeah I was thinking I want to go to uni and I'm all right at this it's a proper subject so it will have some respect if I do decide to go into a sort of serious field um so i'll just do that but yeah i feel like i, I was I'm, I'm quite similar like I'm, I'm doing history and international relations so i guess it's not as proper as sort of something like economics um but it's still yeah it's, it's not as, it's not as sort of traditional i guess but yeah, still yeah. Sort of, yeah yeah i mean I, I mean i put down my degree all the time just because i just think it's the sort of degree that most of most people that actually get this degree uh, or a degree that's like this end up just going into finance, which I could do anyway. Um, so I, in a similar way, like to you, I'm sort of just doing it because I enjoy it. I'm good at it, but I'm hoping in the next three years I can find something. I go, oh, you know, I want to do it. I mean, that's so again, through this podcast, it has sort of um, enabled me to, because, uh, because of COVID. So I started this podcast in around December time uh, where we had another lockdown. It was getting very depressing. Mentally, I was completely drained from everything. And obviously with an awful COVID first year at uni, it was just everything was just piling on top. And then I just started to think, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I was stressing out, essentially. Um, so I went, you know, I'm just going to start a podcast. And then I, I realized that I would love to sort of do something, something like this, not necessarily podcasting full time, but something that has gives me the ability to be able to talk to people or different people um, every single day, be able to like present or something like that um, and being able to speak, I guess. I don't want to be sitting in an office uh, nine to five every single day. I don't sort of like that um and even though it offers a lot of job security i would rather have less security and just a chance to be a bit more flexible and a bit more if you know what i mean yeah and and also people i think when you're younger it sort of feels like you've got to make a big decision for what you're going to do forever well mm. you don't i mean when i when i started my career almost every way that i make money now didn't exist i mean there wasn't i run a production company that makes video online for brands there wasn't any online video that wasn't a thing uh youtube wasn't a thing podcasts weren't a thing and all the things where i make money twitch streaming certainly wasn't a thing um did, just didn't exist so things will change in the future and now as i've started a brewery and i'd never brewed a beer until uh a year ago yesterday it was the first time i ever brewed a beer so you can change what you do at any point and you don't have to do one thing forever like people didn't eat where they'd get a job and work from school hmm. to retirement and get a little carriage clock at the end of it you can do whatever you whatever you like and you can change at any point i mean obviously there's things if you want to be a surgeon you have to go and do medical school for yeah. a bit but in for most jobs you can just sort of go i'm going to do that now or do something different or start up a business or, or change career or retrain it you don't have to do it's not a decision for life but i think it feels like it is when you're younger Again, I think that's, that's sort of one of the, the good things about watching you. I mean, I don't know what your demographic is like in terms of people that watch you, <clears throat> but in terms of for young people, I think you're um, really good to watch because obviously there's so many things that you've done and you were at one point in a position that a lot of young people are in right now where they don't know what they want to do with their life. They're sort of just going to university because it's sort of in, you know the normal thing to do. Um, and they're, they're, if, I think if you gave the option to like 90% of young people and be like, you'd be able to do all these things that you've done or half the things that you've done, they go, oh yeah, I'll take that. Um, and so the, the, I, know, I know you've got to go to the dentist soon, so I'll, I'll wrap it up um, as soon as possible. Um, 
I sort of want to ask you, what sort of advice would you give um, to young people right now? Like, so say um, uh, people that are like sort of 20 years old right now, uh, what advice would you give to live, you know, a pretty, I would say you, you've had a pretty exciting life, a pretty, um, yeah, a pretty exciting life. What advice would you give to them to have somewhat exciting life? Do stuff, do stuff. And if you're ever stuck in a rut or bored or feel like you need a bit more excitement, just do stuff. And that can be literally anything. And, and it will never be, it's very rarely when you do something, it's very rarely what you think will happen it will be the thing that happens. But it's like I, I was. I remember once. I, anything that you do can change your life, but being sat at home in the sofa probably won't. I, mm. you know, it, I mean, whereas I remember, um, I when I was working at Soccer Am, I used to do a lot of stuff with bands and stuff like that. And I was. I'd been out for with my housemate Sally. We'd been out um, uh, drinking in Primrose Hill thing. And on the way home, there was a part. There's a bar called a hotel called the K West Hotel in Shevers Bush. It was on my way home and loads of bands would always stay there and drink there. So if bands were in London, they quite often be there. So anyway, so I went there. Um, we thought we said, should we go for one more drink of the way home? We went, yeah, let's go on, let's go and do it. We'll see if there's anyone we know down there. So we went down there. I bumped into Serge from Kasabian, who I knew from Soccer AM. He was there and met his friend Mikey, um, who I met, I got to know him. Um, and through Mikey, eventually. Sally met his friend Rob, who she's now married. He went out to New York and she came, she went with him. And she ended up going and she ended up winning an Emmy. Well, in New York, she, she makes documentaries. She won't make one worked on Anti Bourdain. She won an Emmy and now they've got twins together They're back in the UK and all this. So if we hadn't gone for that drink, she wouldn't have got these kids. She wouldn't be married to this guy. She wouldn't have lived in New York. She wouldn't have an Emmy on her mantelpiece. Jeez. Because we went, I'm not saying go to the pub all the time, but I'm yeah. saying things that you do are down to like, uh, lead to things. I met my wife because my friend, Arthie, who I grew up with, whose parents had a big garden. One day I was, I was in the pub with someone else and saying, God, it'd be great to have a music festival, wouldn't it? So I texted Arthie saying, can we have a music festival in your garden? And then we organised a little music festival with our friends and friends' bands and stuff like that, just in a garden. And I met my wife at that one year sort of thing. So if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have met her. I mean, I, I probably would have met someone else or something like that. But, but just by putting yourself out and doing anything, like joining a club, meeting someone, going travelling, doing any, anything at all is good. So trying to... And enjoying whatever stage of life you're at and not worrying too much about the next bit and and just doing what you want to do and and putting yourself out there i think is the, is the key and that is it for this week's episode of the me myself and hopefully you podcast i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did it is a shorter one than normal but um obviously i didn't want to waste too much of robbie's time and he had a dentist appointment which i never actually asked i hope your dentist appointment went well robbie um it was just a checkup to be fair so do not worry people Robbie Knox is okay. The dentist has not done anything. Um, at least he hopefully hasn't done anything. But it was an absolute pleasure to have Robbie on. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, he was definitely someone that sort of inspired me to start this podcast. Someone who's just, he's just a normal guy, you know, that everyone can relate to, but has had some incredible stories. And so I had to get him on, find out more about some of those stories, but also how, you know, people like myself can uh, create some um, amazing stories too so like I said it was an absolute pleasure um, to come in on uh, for him to come on uh, and 
um, I think I mentioned it throughout the episode. Um, he is definitely someone that, you know, I look up to in many ways. But um, forget all this soppy stuff. Uh, if you did enjoy it, then please do give us a follow, uh, leave a review, uh, and make sure you share us on uh, the on social media, tagging at MMHY Podcast. Other than that, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Until next time.